Praise the Lord. Our children are going to be dismissed to Children's Church. They wanted to be here to worship with us this morning. It's good having them in the service. Amen. Good having them in the service with us. Praise the Lord. So you can see just uh, just a little bit of what's a great weekend everyone has. This morning, we're going to do a little bit something a little bit different with a message, continuing with. Our journey to the cross. Today we saw what the cross is all about. We're free today because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're free because of the cross. As we journey to the cross, we have talked about many, many individuals already who have been involved in this this journey. And today we're going to talk about their arrest. And the trial of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about those who were involved. Those lives that were touched by being in the very presence of Jesus Himself. In Luke's Gospel this morning, it's where we'll be taking the story from. So I hope you have your Bibles with you this morning as we look into the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke. Last week, we saw Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We saw Him as He looked into that cup of suffering, that bitter cup. And He saw the shame, the suffering, the pain, and the agony that He would face. And we hear Jesus as He says, Not my will, but Thine be done. Not my will, Lord, but Yours be done. And so this morning as we look back into Luke chapter 22 and His account of Jesus' arrest and the trial, we're going to meet some of those people this morning. And we're going to hear from them personally about how the life of Jesus Christ touched them. And so this morning we're going to begin as we pick up the story In verse 47, verse 47 of Luke 22, I want you to remain seated as we read this morning. But we do have a few verses that I want us to read to kind of set the stage and allow us to see what we're going into this morning. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 47. And while he yet spake, talking about Jesus, behold a multitude, and he that was called Judas... One of the twelve went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, what was to happen, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant or the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. 
Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders, which were come to him, Are you come out as, as against a thief with swords and, and staves? When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth not your hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Now the next few verses that we read, we talked about a couple of weeks ago because it talks about Peter and Jesus showing Peter that he was going to deny him and then Peter actually denying the Lord. But, so let's pick it up in verse 66 this morning. And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him into their council, saying, Are thou the Christ? Tell us. He said unto them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if also I ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit at the right hand of the power of God. Then said they all, Are thou the Son of God? And he said unto them, You say that I am. And they said, What need we any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. Picking up in chapter 23. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him into Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ the King. And Pilate asked him, saying, Are thou the King of the Jews? And he answered and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout the, all of Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged in Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he wanted to see him for a long time because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have some miracle done by him. Then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod with his men of war set, set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. And the same day, Pilate and Herod were made friends together. For before they were at enmity between themselves. And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as, as one that perverted the people. And behold, I have examined him before you, having found no fault in this man, touching those things whereof you accuse him. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. For of necessity he must release one unto them that, uh, that at, the feast, at that feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release him to us, Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city, and for murder it was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they, said, they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why, what evil hath he done? I find no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. 
And they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave, gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto him that for sedition and murder was cast unto prison, whom they had desired. But he delivered Jesus to their will. So we see before us in Luke's words the arrest of Jesus Christ and the preparation, the trial period for Him to be crucified. And before we begin to meet our witnesses today, we need to understand a little bit something, a little something about this trial. We need to understand that there were some things that happened during the trial of Jesus Christ that would cause this trial to be null and void. That it was illegal. First of all, a man could, be, could not be tried at night. Nor was he supposed to be tried during the Passover festival. A man who was accused of what Jesus was accused of was to have at least two witnesses come and speak in his favor. That didn't happen. He was to be given 24 hours between sentencing and carrying out that sentence. It didn't happen. So over and over we see from, from history that this trial that we read about in our passage of Scripture was illegal. It should have never happened. But yet it did. And so here's what I want us to do this morning. I want us to reconvene as jury this morning here at Ebenezer Baptist Church. I want us to reconvene and all of us here this morning will be the jury. And we're going to call this morning four witnesses. And these witnesses are going to share with you how they looked at Jesus Christ. How He affected their lives. And then we're going to call for a verdict this morning. So here's what I want you to do. I want all of you to, to just raise your right hand and repeat after me this morning, okay? You're the jury this morning, and you're going to repeat after me together these words. I do solemnly agree to consider the evidence brought before this court. And I will render a verdict about Jesus Christ. So help me God. You may lower your hand. So this morning I'd like to call our first witness. And I'd like to call to the witness stand this morning, Judas. Judas, would you be seated? I have one question for you this morning. Was Jesus Christ guilty of the charges that were brought against Him? I have betrayed innocent blood. You may be dismissed. If you remember our scripture this morning, Judas led 
those who would eventually crucify Jesus Christ to the place where He could be found. He led them to the garden on that night. And they had, a, they had, a, they had it all pre-planned so they would not choose the wrong person. They had it planned so that Judas would go and he would kiss the one who was to be arrested that night. But do you remember what the Scripture says? As Judas approached Jesus, Jesus asked Judas this question. Will you betray the Son of God with a kiss? Now folks, I want you to understand something tonight, this morning. Jesus... Jesus was giving Judas another opportunity to change his mind. To change his mind. And not to go through with this awful plan. But Judas refused. And the plan was carried out. Now before, again, before we we come down on Judas too hard this morning, understand that before you, listen, before you make a big mistake in your life, if you're a believer here this morning, you will hear the Holy Spirit of God begin to speak to your heart. And here's here's something that He might say to you. He may say something like this, Will you too betray me? Will you too betray me by committing adultery? By being involved in in ungodly activities, will you too betray me? Will you betray me by lying, by cheating, by stealing? Will you betray me? You see, he'll ask you those questions as a believer this morning. And then you must decide, will you go through with that or will you not? Judas had an opportunity at the very last moment to change his mind. But he refused to do that. And you know, here's something so sad about this whole story with Judas. Judas never received the forgiveness that was available through Jesus Christ. Much like Peter did, remember? God God used Peter. Even though Peter denied Jesus Christ, God forgave him. Jesus forgave him and used him in a mighty way to preach one of the greatest messages that was ever preached. And over 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ as a result of the forgiveness that Jesus offered Peter. Judas never came back to Jesus. He never asked for forgiveness. And therefore, he never received that forgiveness. He never asked. And he never received. But you know what? There's a lesson for us this morning in the life of Judas in this whole situation. And here's the lesson that you need to, need to understand. There's a great lesson. You, you don't have to wait for someone to ask you to forgive them. You don't have to wait for someone to ask you before you forgive them. Some of you here this morning are holding bitterness and anger and you're holding grudges against someone who's hurt you. Do yourself a favor this morning. Forgive them. Forgive them. Go ahead and ask God to help you forgive. that. Don't wait for them to come to you. Forgive them. Hey, listen, do you know what? Could Judas have been forgiven? Absolutely. In fact, I believe he was forgiven, but he never experienced it. Because he never came to faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the same is true for all of us. 
whether we need to forgive someone or we need to be forgiven. But we'll never experience true forgiveness unless we come to faith in Jesus Christ. He wants to forgive you. He wants to do those things for your life, but unless you come to Him, He can't do it. What a great lesson for us to learn this morning. I want to call my second witness to the stand this morning. My second witness is Malchus. How many remember who Malchus was? The Bible tells us that Malchus was the one who had his ear severed by Peter. Malchus, please have a seat. Malchus, tell us this morning, if you will, in your own words, how you feel about Jesus Christ. I opposed him, and he healed me. Huh. You opposed him, yet he healed you. Well, tell us this morning, in your own words, the story of what happened that night. Well, my boss, Caiaphas, had told me that this Jesus was a treacherous blasphemer, a phony Messiah. And so I thought that what was in the best interest of the nation was to get rid of Jesus. So that night in the garden, I was in line with the other guys, and I heard somebody say, there he is, there's Jesus, let's get him. So I ran forward to to pin his arms and to get him and didn't notice the big, big fisherman who was standing behind him. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw a sword flash. And my mind registered, that sword is coming toward my head. So I ducked to try to get out of the way, but it was too late. And the sword glanced off the side of my head and sliced off my right ear. I fell to the ground in pain, obviously, and reached up and my ear was completely gone. I pulled back my hand, it was covered in blood. I looked over to the side and there was my ear laying in the dirt. Well, in pain and anger, I jump up to take out this fisherman, right? And I hear Jesus say, put your sword away. What happened next changed my life forever. Jesus reached down and he picked up my ear and laid it on the side of my head. He closed his eyes and immediately my ear reattached as if it was never gone. Look at this. No scars, nothing. Um, the, The look in his eyes was a look of love and compassion like I had never seen in human eyes before. I knew at that moment that this imposter, this madman, really was and is the Son of God. I don't care what Mr. Caiaphas says. He's not a madman. He's not a blasphemer. He really is the Son of God. Thank you, Malchus. You may be dismissed. Man, what a night, amen? What a night that must have been. Can you imagine if, if being able to be there and see this beautiful miracle take place? And here we have the testimony of the man who was involved, Malchus, who was healed by Jesus Christ, even though he opposed him. And as we think about this story this morning, I want you to understand there's another good lesson for all of us here today. Sometimes the followers of Jesus will hurt you. Sometimes the followers of Jesus will hurt you. Now, as I talk this morning, as I share with you, every church has its Simon Peters in it. Every church. 
Every church is, has a, a number of people who are quick to take their swords out and, and, and they're quick to use those swords in anger. They're quick to, to say things. They're quick to judge. They're, they're quick to criticize others. And put them down. You've been hurt, maybe. You're here this morning and maybe you've been hurt by a church member. Maybe you've been hurt by a pastor. Maybe you've been hurt by a deacon or a Sunday school teacher. A follower of Christ. And you've been hurt. You've been criticized. I wonder this morning, how do you feel? Do you feel like Malchus? I mean, after all, his, his ear was severed from his head. And he was healed. And his whole attitude changed about who Jesus was. You see, at first he was was coming to to be a part of the mob that would take Jesus and have Him on trial and then have Him crucified. But his whole attitude, his whole mindset changed. Even though he was hurt by a follower of Jesus, his attitude toward Jesus changed. Some of you are here today and your attitude needs to change. Some of you here are saying, you know what, I'd just as soon stay home and watch the TV evangelist than be here today. I'm only here because my kids were involved in metamorphosis. Why in the world do I want to hang around church people when, when they'll hurt you? You know what, isn't it sad to say today that some of the meanest people on earth are in the church? It's sad, but it's true. Church people will hurt you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're in that situation and you've been hurt by the church or some person in the church, that Jesus Christ is here to provide, here to provide healing for your soul today. Praise the Lord for that. You can walk out of here with a different attitude about church, about church people. You can leave here today healed of that hurt. All you need to do is cry out to Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, I've been hurt. Lord, my, my personality is hurt. My, my reputation has been damaged. And, and I'm hurting today. I need healing. And I want to tell you today, listen for Jesus. And you'll hear Him say, my child, you are healed. That's what Jesus will do for you this morning. That's what He did for Malchus. Even after a follower of His hurt him, Jesus healed him. Well, I need to call a third witness this morning. Third witness to the stand, the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate. Many of you know a great deal about Pontius Pilate. But this morning, we want to hear from him personally as he comes. Pontius, take the seat this morning. You are one of the, the final people who were able to, to interview Jesus Christ. And you, would have, you heard Him say that He was a king, but His kingdom was not of this world. What are your thoughts about Jesus? I find no grounds for the death penalty. He finds no grounds for the death penalty. You may be dismissed. Pontius Pilate. 
three different occasions as we read through this passage of Scripture. He said, I find no fault. I find no reason to put this man to death. He had a perfect opportunity to release Jesus Christ. But I wonder why he didn't do that. Why didn't Pontius Pilate release Jesus? He had an opportunity. Listen, the reason he did is because he did like many of us do when the pressure is on. When the pressure is on. You see, he realized that, that he, if he were going to be re-elected, if he was going to be the, remain the governor, then he must not do anything to jeopardize that opportunity. And so when the people called to him and said, listen, we want, listen, we want Jesus crucified and we want you to release unto us Barabbas. And if you're going to remain a friend of Caesar, then that's what you'll do. He pondered it in his heart, I'm sure, for that long. You see, he cared more about his position than he did Jesus. He cared more about his position than he did his own soul. And so therefore, what did he do? He made the decision to release this murderer, this prisoner called Barabbas and crucify, have Jesus Christ crucified. And again, I want you to think about this morning. What does that say to me and you? What does it say to us this morning practically? You see, it's possible to know the truth and still reject it. Now, who of us here this morning would argue that Pilate knew the truth? Would any of us here this morning argue against that? Hey, he knew the truth. He Listen, he spoke with Jesus Christ. He interviewed Jesus Christ. He was, he was in the midst of the truth himself, Jesus. Yet he would not listen. He would not give in to the truth. And like many people today, they react the same way. You know people who, when you present the truth to them, rather than receive the truth, what do they do? They reject the truth. They'd rather laugh in your face than follow Jesus Christ. It's sad to say, but it's true. Just like Pilate. They, listen, people today care more about their own well-being physically or materially this morning, materialistically this morning. They care more about those things than they do becoming a follower of Jesus. And so they will reject the truth and believe a lie. And that's what Pontius Pilate did. So once again, you can know the truth and reject it. Some of you here today have heard the truth over and over and over again, yet you still reject it. But remember what I said in the beginning, we're all going to come to a verdict in just a few minutes. and You're going to have to decide for yourself. Well, we need to call our last witness this morning. Our last witness... This morning I want to call to the stand as our last witness, Barabbas. Please have a seat. Barabbas, what do you have to say about this man Jesus this morning? I was set free. He died as my substitute. 
We need to hear more about what he's talking about. I was set free. He died as my substitute. Barabbas, share with us your story this morning. I could hear the crowd in the street. And they were calling my name. Barabbas, Barabbas. The next thing I heard was them yelling, Crucify him! Crucify him! Then I heard the soldiers coming. I knew that they were talking about me. I tried to hide my fear, not to be afraid. All I could think about was my wife and children being left all alone. I started to think about all the bad choices I made in my life and where it had got me. I didn't want to die. And then I heard the door open. I knew my time was up. And then the guard said, Barabbas, there's a man named Jesus, and he's going to die for you. He's going to be nailed to the cross that we prepared for you. I asked, what's going to happen to me? And he told me, you're free to go. Now go quickly before Pilate changes his mind. As I ran out of that jail, I saw Jesus. He had been beaten, and there was a crown of thorns in his head. But as I looked into his eyes, I saw that they were clear. And he seemed to smile at me. Thank you. Dismissed. Where we all have something in common with Barabbas this morning. You see, we all have had someone who died in our place. And his name is Jesus Christ. Every person in this building has had someone to die in your place. Jesus Christ. See, 1 Peter 3.18 says this, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that He might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. We were all destined for hell. We're all guilty of sin. Deserving nothing but punishment. And God saw fit to send someone to die in my place and to die in your place. I wonder this morning, have you really considered the sacrifice that was made for you? 
that God, the creator of this universe, sent His Son, His only Son, to die for you. You see, that's the lesson that we learn from the life of Barabbas. God's Son died so you can be set free. Man, I'm telling you folks, what love is there? What greater love is there than that for us? Well, when Pilate brought Jesus to the people, here's a question he asked the people. He said, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Remember in the beginning I said we're going to come to a verdict today? It's time. And here's the question. Hey, you can't ignore this question today. You've heard the witnesses. You've heard the Word of God. Now it's time to choose. It's time for a verdict. And here it is. Hey, listen. Here's the question. What will you do with Jesus? It's not what I will do with Jesus this morning. The question is, what will you do with Jesus? You have two choices today. Very clear. Two choices. Number one, will you choose to reject Him? Will you you choose to crucify Him again? Okay. If you choose this morning, listen, to reject Him, it's just like hammering nails into His flesh once again. If you reject Jesus Christ this morning, and you walk out of this place today, and you are in an automobile accident, or you have a heart attack, or you have a stroke, or something else happens that takes your life, if you walk out of here today without Jesus, you will spend eternity separated forever in a place called hell. Forever. So what will you do with Jesus? Will you choose to crucify Him this morning? Or, choice number two, Will you choose to crown Him this morning? Will you choose to crown Him? And you know, you know what, you, what you need to do and understand about crowning Him this morning? If you're here today and, and you've, up to this point you've always re- rejected Jesus Christ, you've always turned away the invitation to accept Christ, you've always walked out and turned your back, but this morning something different has happened. And in your heart you're saying to yourself, you know what? I'm tired of crucifying Jesus. It's time to crown Him. I want to make Him Lord of my life today. I want to ask Him to save me today. You will crown Jesus with that response. So as we close this morning, what's the verdict? What is your verdict 
Will you crucify Him or will you crown Him? Remember, the question is, what will you do with Jesus? Hey, listen, I can't do this for you. Derek can't do it for you. Manly can't do it for you. Your Sunday school teacher, your mom, your dad, your grandma, your granddad can't do it for you. You must decide this morning what you will do with Jesus. We want to give you an opportunity to decide and to to make that decision public if you so choose. So I'm going to ask us if we would very quietly just bow our heads together this morning. And I want to ask you a question today. Then I want us to pray. So as we're bowing our heads and no one's looking around, here's the question. You've had time to consider the case for Jesus this morning. What have you decided? Have you decided to crucify Him again? Or have you decided to crown Him as you receive Him as your personal Savior today? If you have have a desire to to crown Him, if you have a a desire to accept Christ as your Savior, I want to lead you in a word of prayer this morning. Now remember, this prayer doesn't save you. But it's just the fact that you have in your heart, you know that without Christ you're lost. And if you die right now, you'd spend eternity in hell. You know that. And you just want to invite Christ to come into your life by turning from your sin and trusting Jesus. And this is the way you want to express that today. So if that's your desire, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart with me this morning. Father, I recognize this morning that I am a sinner. And that I am lost. And if I died right now, this very moment, I would spend eternity in hell. I would be separated from you forever. Jesus, I don't want that to happen. I want to live with you in heaven. I admit my sin this morning. I repent of that sin. I turn away from it. And I turn to you for my salvation. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. And change me today. And I want to thank you. From the bottom of my heart. For saving my soul. What's in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand with me this morning. As the guys play today, if you have made any decision for Jesus Christ, if the verdict has been, you know what? I'm crowning Jesus today. And I'm making Him my Lord and my Savior. We want to know about it, okay? We want to know about it. Our encouragers will be in place. We have others, adults here, will be willing to counsel with you. If you made a decision for Christ this morning, if you'd like to make it public, we'd love for you to come and share that with us during this moment of commitment and invitation. So we want to invite you to come and let us know and rejoice with you in the decision that you made. Maybe you just want to come and pray at the altar. We want to encourage you to do that. 
Or maybe you're saying, you know what? I'd love to be a part of this fellowship. And I believe God's just leading me and my family. Or He's leading me here and I want to be a part of what God's doing. You might want to come this morning and we can share with you how you can become a member here at Ebenezer Baptist Church. We'd love to have you this morning. So again, as the guys lead us, you come as the Lord leads your heart this morning. The light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me
seated for just a moment. I want these guys to, all you, every one of you uh, folks this morning who came forward uh, to receive Christ, I want you to kind of just uh, gather right here in the middle because I want to let the folks uh, hear from you, just hear your name. Here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you just to tell your name and let them know what, uh, what, you, uh, what you did here this morning, okay? And so I want you, to, I want you to do that with me. If I can get a microphone real quick. There you go. Okay. All right. All right, real quick, I want, you to, I want you folks to rejoice with us as we hear what God has done in the lives of these people, okay? All right. All right. All right. Okay. My, my name is uh, Tyrone Mason, and uh, last night um, I got a relationship between me and God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. My name is Sterling Johnson, and last night I got a relationship with Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, my name is Quan Mason, and I allow God to take over my life Praise last night. Amen. 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 My name is Thomas Hallman, and I accepted Christ as my Savior. Praise the Lord. Amen. My name is uh, Justin Barbie, and I gave my heart to the Lord last night. Praise God. Amen. My name is Trey Newton, and I gave my heart on to the Lord on Friday night. Amen. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm Logan Joseph, and I accepted Christ as my Savior, and I got close to the Lord this weekend. Amen. Praise God. Amen. My name is Tom McAdee, and I gave my life to the Lord last night. Proud of you, man. Proud of you. My name is Tom Stowell, and I gave my life to the Lord last night. Praise the Lord. Amen. My name is Finn Hubs, and I chose to follow Christ in every aspect of my life. Amen. That's right. Amen. My name is Anderson Pope, and I redevoted my life to God for the second time. Amen. Praise God. My name is Brock Wilson, and God came into my life this weekend. Amen. Praise God, man. My name is Justin Martin, and I am uh, just now accepting Christ as my Savior. Praise God. Amen. Give my hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
God is awesome. Praise God. Jesus is awesome. Amen. He is, he is wonderful. Thank you. Saves. I want you guys, if you would, just to remain up here at the front as we close our service in just a moment. I want you to remain up here. And folks, I just want you to come by and just let these guys know, let these folks know how much you're going to be praying for them, lifting them up and the decision that they've made to live for Jesus Christ. Because they're going to need our prayers. They're going to need our support. And so I know you're going to commit to do that this morning. But again, I want to thank all of you for being here today. Uh, God is uh, God is alive and well. He's real and He's working in the lives of people all around. And so we just rejoice in the fact that we're able to be a part of something this wonderful. Uh, and many, many people worked hard planning for metamorphosis and getting it carried out. And you know what? God always honors His faithfulness, His people's faithfulness. Amen. And so He's done that with the lives of young people who are now snatched out of the pits of hell and they're on their way to heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's right. Y'all stay up here, okay? I want us to join hands across the building here, if you would, and let's pray as we close our service this morning. But again, thank you for being here. I don't know what the weather's going to be tonight. have no idea. But we're going to be here if you want to come. We'd love to have you, okay? Five o'clock, we've got all of our activities going on, and so we want you to come and be a part of it, all right? But let's pray. Taking a group picture after this, guys, so don't forget, everybody.